Thanks, Coach Clayton. We are glad to have you as part of the Brentwood Baptist Church family. Grateful for your leadership on the racial reconciliation team, as well as now as one of our trustees. Uh, this is the weekend that we celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday, and uh, we have a national celebration uh, to remind us of the importance of the dignity of every person. The great teaching of the scripture is that God has placed in you his image, the imago dei, and because of that, you are worth more than anybody can ever express. When the world asks for the price of your soul, Jesus paid that price with his own life. That's how much you are worth. And it is in this diversity of, of creation, this uh, understanding that everybody brings something unique and wonderful about who God is to, uh, to his family that uh, makes the Christian uh, message so powerful and, uh, and, and needed uh, right now in our nation. So I trust you will use these uh, days to uh, prayerfully consider how our church and how you as an individual uh, can... Um, can be engaged in this most important work that our nation has to do. Uh, you know, for a long time, uh, the races were segregated. And as you would think in Nashville, one of the ways that those, that segregation barrier was broken down was music. In fact, what happened was white musicians heard what the black musicians were playing, blues, um, jazz, uh, and, and the fusion, all of this stuff, white musicians heard it and would sneak around to black-owned clubs or to uh, places where black musicians were coming. There was this thing called the Chitlin Circuit, and it was a, a series of clubs throughout the South where the black musicians would play because they weren't welcome in white-owned institutions. But when the white musicians found out that people like B.B. King, uh, uh, all, all, all the others, you know, their, their names are kind of stuff. Uh, Johnson, uh, all the great blue, uh, uh, Muddy Waters, all the great blues players. When they found out that they were in town, they would go hear them. And then they would mimic what they were learning and take it back to white music. That's where a lot of that came from. You see, if you want to get better at something, you always go to somebody who is better than you. If you want to learn to play your instrument better, then you go find somebody who plays the instrument better than you do. And they'll teach you how to play better. You want to play better golf? Then you play golf with somebody who's better than you. If you want to learn to fish, then you go and fish with somebody who's a better fisherman than you are. And if you want to learn to live life, then you hang around someone who understands life, what it means, what it's for, what makes it count. You hang around somebody who understands life better than anybody who's ever lived. And that person? Well, that person is Jesus. So we find out in Luke chapter 5, the calling of the disciples. As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. 
He saw two boats by the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats which belonged to Simon and asked him to put out a little from the land. And then he sat down and began teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master Simon replied, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. And when they did this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full of fish that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and those who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. And then they all brought the boats to the land, left everything, and they followed him. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you'll be catching people. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. Step now, Lord, into our lives as you stepped into the life of Simon so long ago. That we may in a moment recognize who you are and leave everything for the privilege of being with you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Do you know much about boats? I don't know a whole lot about boats. I love boats. I love being around the water and that kind of thing. But here's the one thing I do know about a boat. If you want to get onto somebody else's boat, you have to ask permission. They have to invite you on the boat. Uh, in, in Navy movies, you will see the officer step to the, to the side of the ship and ask permission to come aboard. And that permission has to be granted. Uh, if you're going to step on somebody's boat from uh, the pier, you have to ask, is it okay if I come on board? You just don't step on somebody else's boat. But look at what Jesus does. He's teaching. The crowd begins to press in, as he did on a number of occasions. He would push out in a boat, and he would create a moat, uh, a space of water between he and the crowd, so they wouldn't crush him. So he steps onto Simon's boat. He doesn't ask permission. Uh, doesn't tell Simon what he wants to do or what he needs to do. He does later, but he steps on the boat. Here is the first lesson of the gospel. Jesus comes to us uninvited. He doesn't wait for permission. He doesn't wait for us to ask or to recognize who he is. He steps into our life uninvited. The good news of the gospel, I tell you this all the time, is not that you can get to God, but that God in Christ has come to us. Stepping in your boat. Stepping in the boat of Simon. 
Simon, will you push out a little bit and let me teach? So Simon does. Now, to reward Simon for his faithfulness, Jesus says, push out a little deeper, drop your nets. Now, there are a couple of problems with Jesus' command for Peter to go fishing. One, it was the wrong time of day. In the Sea of Galilee, you fish at night. You wait for the fish to come up to, to, toward the, uh, the top of the water, toward the surface, and you catch them by dragging the nets behind the boats. You just don't drop nets and pull them up. It was the wrong time of day. It was the wrong technique. Peter and his crew were exhausted. They had been there all night long. They hadn't, they hadn't caught anything. Now, I don't know if you know much about fishermen, but when they've had a bad day, the last thing they want is help, instruction from somebody who doesn't fish. Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus was a builder. He wasn't a fisherman. Peter was a professional fisherman. It's what he did. It's how he made his living. It's how he and his partners fed their families. And now we've got fishing instructions from a carpenter who's telling us to fish the wrong way at the wrong time of day. Lord, he said, we have fished all night. We have caught nothing. That's where it usually begins, isn't it? This relationship with Jesus. There is a confession of exhaustion. I have done everything I know to do to fix this relationship. I've known everything I know to do to get rid of this addiction. I've, known, I've done everything I have known how to do to fix this problem, and I can't. We have fished all night. We've done everything we know to do, and we failed. We caught nothing. And it's at that point of spiritual, emotional, mental, and sometimes physical exhaustion where Jesus steps in and tells you to do something simple. Drop your nets. Now, that wasn't hard for a fisherman. You would think if Jesus was going to do something, he would require some kind of heroic effort. Drop your nets. You know, this is a constant problem throughout the scriptures. When God asks people to do something simple, they don't get it. Naaman comes to the prophet. The prophet says, go and uh, get baptized. Yeah, dunk yourself in the river Jordan seven times and you'll be cured of your leprosy. Naaman is furious. There are better rivers back home, he says. Why in the world? When I want to go dunk myself seven times in the, in the River Jordan, he was unimpressed. He was underwhelmed and would have left not healed if his entourage had not told him, listen, it's not like he's asking you to stand on your head. Just go do this. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, you really haven't lost anything. And it was in that kind of slow, reluctant obedience where Naaman finds his healing. Drop your nets. It's too simple. It's too easy. 
Peter revolts. Why would we do this? But if you say so, we will. Sometimes it's simple. Make a phone call to a friend you've had a falling out with. Repair a broken relationship. Start reading the Bible in the morning. It's simple. And you say, no, I need something more than that. I I need something more challenging than that. And you don't do it. What would have happened if Peter had not dropped his nets? Well, they wouldn't have caught any fish. And not only did they catch fish, they caught a lot of fish. They caught pounds and pounds of fish. They caught so many fish that as they began to pull the net up into the boat, that the boat began to tip over. When it tipped over, it began to take on water. They yelled to their friends, their partners, get your boat out here and help us get all of these fish on. So they bring boats out to take care of the catch. And now they've got so many fish that both boats begin to sink. Fisherman's dream, huh? Caught so many fish, it sunk my boat. Then notice what happens. You would think the response would be, wow, what a lot of fish. We have made a ton of money. Wow, what a lot of fish. We'll try this technique again tomorrow. Wow, what a lot of fish. We'll be able to sell these for lots and lots of money. Peter says none of that. He worships. Now, what was it about Jesus and the way that Jesus fished that made Peter worship? Because Jesus did what Peter did only better. In that moment, Jesus taught Peter, I know more than you about fishing. I know more about you, uh, more than you about boats. I know more about you, more than you about life. I know more than you about you. And when they got to the shore, Peter left everything to follow after Jesus and to find out what Jesus, what else Jesus knew about living and about life. I wonder what Jesus taught Peter in all of those hours where they walked together. I wonder what Peter said all of those years later when someone would ask him, why did you follow Jesus? Did he smile and say, because Jesus could fish better than anybody I've ever known. In a very, very good book, in fact, it's one of my favorite books of all time, it's called The Divine Conspiracy. 
And it's my, a man named Dallas Willard, who is a, a, philosophy, a philosophy professor at the University of Southern California. Here's what he writes. Jesus is not just nice. He's brilliant. He is the smartest man who ever lived. He's now supervising the entire course of world history while simultaneously preparing the rest of the universe for our future role in it. He always has the best information on everything and certainly also on those things that matter most in human life. Hear his teachings on who has the good life and who among us is truly blessed. He's not just nice, he's brilliant. He's the smartest man to have ever lived. He knows more about life than anybody who's ever been on earth. And he's telling us, if you will stay close to me, I will teach you how to have your best life. Now, I know, anytime you hear a preacher say your best life, you conjure up some kind of prosperity gospel preacher who's telling you you can have cars and houses and all of that. And, and we know none of that really matters. Why? We've been to too many funerals. We've been to too many funerals, and honestly, none of that stuff matters. Life has to be worth more. Life has to be about something different. And that was what Peter saw in Jesus. He knows something I don't know. Jesus says, if you come with me, Peter, not only will I teach you about fishing, I'll teach you how to fish for men. Now, that's an interesting question. Why in the world would Peter want to, get, want to catch men? Why would you want to catch people? For the same reason he had been caught. For the same reason Peter wanted to be caught. I want to be close to Jesus. Why? Because he knows more about life and what makes it matter than anybody else. He knows about forgiveness. He knows about grace. He knows about mercy. He knows about purpose. He knows about meaning. And he will teach you all of that if you will come and follow. Bob Dylan, the famous songwriter, musician, has a song that says you've got to serve somebody. He's right. The fact is somebody is telling you what matters in life. Somebody is teaching you how to live a life that is worth it. Someone is telling you what ultimately matters. And if it's not Jesus is telling you, that person doesn't know. That person is lying. If you want to get better at something, 
then you hang around people who are better at it than you are. If you want to get better at life, nobody was smarter than Jesus. Follow him. Stay close to him. He'll teach you about everything that matters. Pray with us. Lord Jesus, step now into our boat as you did Simon Peter so long ago. Challenge us, call us, that we may leave this moment focused on our best selves, our best lives. And we pray this in your name. Amen. We believe a relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important thing in a person's life. And we'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you more about this. Text us at 623-623 and we'll be in touch with you as soon as we can. If you want to know more about us as, as a church, Brentwood Baptist Church, or you'd like to know more about how you can get connected with us as find your place of ministry and service, we'd love to have that conversation with you. Text CONNECT to 623-623, and we'll be in touch with you as soon as we can. God bless you for being part of this podcast. We're glad you're here. God bless you. We'll see you next time.